It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. I'm Betches co-founder Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. We've come a long way from where we began. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. It is Friday. Did that wake you up? It woke me up. My mind was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> whoa. Oh, I just... I just activated my Siri accidentally with my screaming. How are you guys? We made it through another week, and what a week it was. I want to thank all of my guests from this past week. Maggie Kerner yesterday. If you if you didn't hear her, I really strongly encourage you to listen to her music. I think she's just uh, she's just excellent. Our good friend on Monday, Sophie Ross, as always. Uh, we had uh, Bravo Bone Collector uh, taking us into the Erica Jane story. And, of course, our new friend, Kay York City from Betch's The Bachelor podcast, have, helping us out with The Bachelorette. Uh, let me know if you guys like that. I want to know if I should uh, kind of not recap the show, but check in on that show every now and then. I like to get a good um, smattering of all the pop culture out there right now. So today is our Kardashian recap. Now... 
I, uh, let's, let's see here. So if you listened to the podcast yesterday, let me catch you up. If not, I will ex- try to explain. Um, so I'm in Arizona. Uh, basically I forgot, uh, because, um, I'm very disorganized. I for I packed the wrong medicine. Um, so you guys know I'm on antidepressants. I have been for a while. It's not that big of a deal. So I'm not saying it like, oh my God, this is huge. Cause it's actually just kind of a normal thing. And I want to, uh, take the stigma away from it. It's just like taking a vitamin in a way, trying to make you feel good. But the thing is, if your body is used to that and then it gets taken away, it can cause problems, you know, and especially if you're in a very hot environment like Arizona is. But anyways, I forgot to pack my uh, Lexapro, which I take at night. I take the Wellbutrin in the morning. So I uh, got to yesterday and all of a sudden my, uh, you know, I just felt like the floor had dropped out and I was getting these like zaps in my head and like, won't, won't, won't. It just, it was so, and, 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 and I've had it happen before where I've not taken it for a couple days just because I've actually just forgot at the end of the day, um, which is horrible, but I, that's why I have to make a list to remind myself to do even the simplest of things because I'm a man child. And, but I forgot to take it. So I was like, okay, well, I really didn't know. I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll just, hopefully I'll just feel fine. And I, I, you know, and then by, uh, you know, Wednesday morning, I realized that is definitely not the case. And I just felt really horrible and, and unusually horrible. Um, and I think it was like the heat and all of that together. So by the time last night rolled around, uh, after I had had the conversation with Maggie, I just felt I felt dead to the world and it was very hard to think or just keep things going. And it's not like it just like all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm not on antidepressants anymore. I'm super depressed. No, it's not like that. You just feel like <clears throat> very unsettled. You feel like you're like not tethered to the earth and it can be a little bit of a jarring feeling and it's not something that I would highly recommend. And so um, my friend Meditza Lopez, who does all the, the amazing graphics for this podcast, if you look at, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, which by the way, hit 30,000 followers this week. That is so amazing to anybody that follows me. Thank you. That I, I, I know it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but to me, it's pretty cool. Like I've never had 30,000 of anything. So, I mean, it's that to me, I, I just thank you guys. Thank you. So anyways, um, I was texting with her and she was like, fool, just call CVS and they'll, cause I thought I needed to get like a new doctor's thing. And I didn't want them to think that I was trying to over, over medicate. I know that sounds so weird, but yeah, if you grow up watching like procedurals, there's always an ER episode where they're like, this guy's trying to over med, this guy's trying to get a false prescription. And I'm like, and she's like, uh, I don't think I don't think they're going to think that if you ask for like a week's worth of Lexapro, which, by the way, Lexapro isn't even like a fun drug that like will get you any kind of buzz. You know, it just, I guess, treats depression or something. So um, so she was like, just do it. But but CVS was closed. So I had to wait this morning. I called my doctor's office. Of course, you know, it always doesn't it always scare you when you, you realize your doctor's uh, your doctor's probably not that good. You know, because of insurance, you're like, well, uh, I would love to have like amazing insurance one day where you're like, I am getting the best hospital. I'm getting the best doctor care ever. But I don't think I think I have a barely passable doctor. And it, and even that was hard to get, which is just what a sorry state of, uh, you know, medical care we have in this country in some ways and that it costs an arm and a leg. But anyways, so uh 
but he said, then said, just go, Hey, just call CVS. They have your script on file. And a lot of really nice people actually wrote to me after they listened to the episode to check in on me. And that's really sweet. And I, I, I don't say these things to worry you. Partly I say these things to, because it's actually what happens in my life. And since I talk to you guys on a day-to-day basis, more than I talk to anybody in my life at this point, um, I feel like I need to share it, you know? And uh, so if you don't like the sharing, skip right. That's what the timestamps are for. You can skip right to the Kardashian recap if you don't like this first part. Totally get it. But I'm just letting you know what happened. So I called CVS and they were like, oh, yeah, we can get you uh, this this filled. You know, no problem. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I got there. I took the medicine. And then <clears throat> I've got to tell you this time, like I said, I've, I've, I've skipped a couple days before and, but this time it really kind of freaked me out because I just felt so horrible. And then I took it and I had to do a pot. I did like three podcasts today. I was already working for next week's podcast and halfway through this one interview, I felt so nauseous. Like I felt like I was like, do I need to pause to go Ralph in the bathroom? Like it was like, it, it was weird. And it, it really scares me to think of like, I know it's, you know, just of like how these, me- these medicines can really help us. But then if you don't have these medicines, like just coming off of them or then reintroducing that into your body. Um, so I'm on the tail end of, I've been feeling pretty bad all day. So w- what I'm basically saying is that I watched the Kardashians. I took notes. We're going to talk about it. This is not going to be as uh, much as I had wanted it to be. Um, and, and that's fine though, because after watching this, the series finale, I'm like, well, they didn't put a lot of work into theirs either. So, um, so I think this is going to be great. We're going to have a lot of laughs. We're going to talk through the whole show, but I had a couple plans and I'm just going to save that for next week when they do the two part reunion, which looks amazing. And to me, I'm going to count that as the real series finale of keeping up with the Kardashians because what we saw tonight I refuse to accept it had one beautiful moment I thought and then a lot of substandard moments where they were kind of just like checking you know it, it was a lot of flashbacks a lot of that but it is weird that it wasn't and I think with a reality show, it is very hard to like wrap things up like you do in a television show. And even then it's hard if you think about like the Friends series finale or the Lost series finale or any series finale, you know, you're kind of it, it's a devil's task because you're never going to satisfy everybody. Um, and I sometimes feel by the end of the Kardashians, I feel like we really are. They're getting paid to like get the best home movies for them. And home movies are usually only interesting to the people that they're made about. And that's what I feel this has become. Like, I feel like they probably love this shit. They're like, wow, look at us. We look so good, so clean, so well put together. But for us, we're just like, ended already. Oh my God, please. I'm. We should have ended this years ago. So in a sense, we are just paying them to have really good home movies. Um, and I felt like that was, it, it, it's like limping to the finish line, but I, I don't know what I really would expect. I mean, because if you think about it, what are the really good series finales for reality shows? Has there been one? And I'm probably short-sighted one, but a lot of those, a lot of the reality shows we love are still going on to this day. So like, I mean, imagine if Real Housewives of New York ever ends, would they have a finale? Would they, and what would a finale, like for reality shows, you're really dependent on what is happening in that person's life, you know? And you're like, I hope we picked a good year. And the sad thing is, and I've said this all along with the Kardashians, is that they could have 
the best reality show ever known to man if they actually just put all of it on TV. They always just put little pieces of reality. And sure, that can be because they want to protect their their um, their privacy and, and their life and, and things like that. But at the same time, they're making their living off of all of this. They, they're making their living off of us. So sometimes I think that's the frustration with being a fan of their show is that you're like, Give us more. My God, you inundate us with constant images of you guys, of each one of you Kardashians, yet you're not really giving us anything. It's a lot of Erica Jane bullshit, you know, where it's just image, just image. And that's fine. Like I find things to love. I can find things to love in pretty much just about anything, you know, where I'm like, okay, I can I can watch this from a different angle. But it is frustrating when you know, I'm like, if I was a producer on this show, I know exactly what I would do. I would know exactly, and I know I would have to talk to each one of those girls and say, hey, I'm telling you, if you trust me, you will go down in history. But I I think they can go down in history much easier without having to reveal a lot more of themselves, and, and that's probably easier for them. But... To me, I think of this stuff as like an art form. I think of this stuff as how cool if we really got to know the inside, if we really got to know the conversations. I think that would be jaw-dropping. And we're so used to all of this other bullshit of just these regular reality shows that I think it would be really refreshing to really hit us over the head with somebody's actual reality. I think it would really make us shut the fuck up sometimes and stop making fun of them because I think we would realize the true tragedies that have gone on in these people's lives. Now, remind you that there have been marriages, divorces, transitioning through genders, uh, babies being made, divorces being had, cheating, drug use, um, uh, basketball players, musicians, uh, uh, financial people, uh, lawyers, government officials, Donald Trump. I mean, everybody has been on or around this show. It touches everything. They made Calabasas a household world, a household word. So I can make fun of the Kardashians, but that's because I'm a Kardashian expert. We can make fun of Kardashians because we respect or at least allow them to be in our lives and respect that they have a huge, you know, a huge piece of the puzzle in terms of the pop culture landscape. But I just don't take people just going, oh, screw them. I don't care. Screw them. I don't care. To me, I think that is a weird, ignorant thing, because if you care about any of this stuff, I think you have it's like music. You know, like, uh, okay, this, this might for, there's a band called the national. Now everybody, you know, if you're into uh, independent music or just alternative music, every, like so many people love the national, the guy has like this beautiful bass voice, a lot of slow brooding songs that are very emotional and stuff. And you would think, I would even think like, I would, I should love this. And I never, I, I don't, I never get the national, Like, I'll love it for, like, one song or not, but I can't take a whole national album. But I realize, I respect them. I get it. They're they're good at what they do. I respect where they are in the music landscape. And I respect that they have so many fans. And when somebody, something has so many fans, you have to pay attention to it. You have to give it a little respect. Because people don't just fall into these things. People don't just magically, these things just magically happen. That's the other kind of... um, myth about the Kardashians is like how they lucked into all of this aspects of it. They did luck into, but all of those ladies, but mainly Kris Jenner has worked their asses off. And 
Think about it. They did that with no discernible talent. Chris Jenner made all of those ladies world famous and they don't do anything. They don't do anything. And they're not even beautiful. They're beautiful now. Go look at Kim when she started the show. Look at Chloe when she started the show. Look at any of them when they started. They're pretty, pretty girls. Now they are on the cover of Vogue. They are the standard of beauty. They created standards of beauty in this country. Now that I can be mad at them about, but I also have like, holy shit, they created looks. And I don't mean clothing looks. I mean facial looks. They created faces. Chloe has created many of them. Also, is anybody like me where they watch that fucking Nurtech ad and you're like, of course your head would hurt. You change your face all the time. That's got to hurt your head. Ooh, already on fire, you guys. So anyways, I'm uh, back on uh, back on the meds. Thank you for checking in. I feel really weird and I'm just really drowsy and tired right now. Like I, I, I was just staring at my computer, not wanting to start because I was just like, I just want to fall asleep. And it's only 9.56. This is so early for me to be doing this. I usually do it much later, but I just, I want to finish this and I want to go to bed and get a good night's sleep because it, it is not, it has been just rough out here uh, this week because of my, uh, dumb, not being able to pack like a grown adult. Um, can I, can anybody, is anybody out there? This is, does anybody want to be an intern where they just live with me and they just tell me what to do? I really, I don't think that's a good job, but if anybody wants, if Sonia can get pickles, like it's, you know, come on. So I do have this soft spot and soft spot, soft sport. Sorry guys. I do have this soft spot for them. Also, I've been talking about the Kardashians now for four years or something. Four. I mean, the first podcast I did was a Kardashian podcast, and I didn't know really anything about. I mean, I knew of about them on the pop culture landscape, but I didn't know the show. And I have now, you know, watched all of the show. And so I do feel very protective of these people. And I lash out at them because, you know, I'm obviously deranged. And and when I watch people on TV, they become my family. Um, But it is there's a I, I have a sentimental side for them because I don't think I would be here talking with you guys if I had not started on that uh, Kardashian podcast talking about them. So I, but the overall thing though, is don't get too sad. And Ryan, don't get too sad because remember, all of this is just another Kardashian lie because they are making this a big production. And guess what? They have the Hulu deal. The Hulu deal will, I, what I'm hearing will be a very similar show to keeping up with the Kardashians. And like I said, we're hearing that Travis Barker and his family will even be involved. So it's going to be the same shit, different day. So don't, you know, it's uh, it's not something that we even need to shed a tear about. If anything, the only people that should be crying are the Kardashians because it does force them to look at how far they've come in these last 15 years. I mean, that is the that's the other thing. That's the thing that I keep I find so fascinating is like, man, look at look at the ascension. I mean, we would all be so lucky. We would all be so lucky to have such a meteoric rise that they have had that kind of sustained impact. Their show's ratings have gone to shit, but they still are so the brand recognition with them is insane. And to have that for so many years now coming up from selling tummy tea to now, 
Holy moly, you guys. You know, think about it. Athletes don't have that kind of run. Musicians only usually put out three good albums and then they fall off. Think about it. No other. I mean, even like uh, if you're an accountant, I bet there's like, like you're like, I had a good three year run where I was really calculating numbers. Well, really, I was doing some good lawyering for this two years. Then I completely fell off. So to have 15 years near the top and they're still going, I mean, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Um, so this is, uh, season 20 episode 12. It is called the end part two. Now, last week, of course, with the end part one, where they are at the Tahoe cabin that the real housewives of Beverly Hills ladies are in, in the most recent couple of episodes. So right there, we already know our way around this place, which is nice. I love to watch a show and we're like, I know exactly where Sutton's staying in here. I know exactly where the game room is. Like, you know, I always like to map out in my head. Do you guys ever do that where you watch these shows so much where you're like, I wonder if I could get around their house if I just stepped in and I sure this is how a lot of stalkers get their start but like i just wonder if like you know like i like i was thinking about that with summer house too like especially the new summer house from this past season okay it's like okay you have the lower level with a couple bedrooms you have the workout room and that has the entrance to the pool but then you go upstairs that's the kitchen area and and you have a amanda and kyle's room you know um so we ended last week's episode where Kim was like pushing Courtney about her, her relationship with Scott going, I need an answer. I need an answer. When is it going to happen? Tell me, tell me. And it was so set up because I was like, Kim was pushing so hard that if I was Courtney, I would just popped her in the face, which really would have been. Now that's a series finale. Could you imagine if we just open it and Courtney goes, shut the fuck up and just pops Kim in the face and just like knocks out and go season finale. We're done. I'll see you at the reunion. Um, anyways, they're, they're showing the preview from last week and they're like, nothing will ever be the same. And they're they're trying to make it very dramatic. And so like that conversation was all about Scott and how the family kind of, um, takes his side a lot and they feel bad for him and they don't realize that he has not done some basic things that Courtney has asked him to do to even consider to get back together. So why are they going to keep pressuring Courtney? When the onus is on Scott and Scott's over there acting like a good guy, but behind the scenes, you know, Scott is charming Scott, you know, and that is, I've said that, you know, if you're charming, you're always going to get away with more stuff than like, I mean, Courtney is not Courtney's is about as charming as a stick in the mud. You know, there's no charm there. You can say she's gorgeous and has a great body. You can even say you like Poosh. And if you say that, I'm very much worried about you. Poosh, remember, I think is like um, the Easter Bunny. It doesn't exist, but your mom tells you about it, you know? Um, So Scott's charming. So he gets away with all this shit. He even fools Courtney's sisters. And I think that's always fascinating. So Kim's like, okay, but first, Courtney, I need answers. Are you even still attracted to him? And Courtney's like, okay, yeah, he's obviously handsome and he's, and he's funny. And Courtney's like, the walls are paper thin in this, in this Tahoe house. Cause Scott's staying next door, which I'm like, I don't even know if I believe that. Cause it's like this Uber mansion. Do we really think the walls are paper thin there? It's like, oh, we built this gorgeous 20,000 square foot property. The sad thing is the walls you can hear completely through them. Um, so, uh, She's afraid that Scott's going to hear, but she says he's constantly playing the victim. He's not taking any responsibility. And so he is not able to grow. 
And I got to say, I hate doing this, but I was like, hats off, Courtney. You said that so well. You know, Courtney, I, I was very impressed with that because she's dead on. I was like, look at the big brain on Courtney, you know? Um, she goes, I just feel like I'm really over it with my family enabling Scott because they don't know all the details of when Scott and I broke up when I set certain boundaries with him. And there's a flashback to her uh, talking this season to Chloe about him and his consistency and that Scott doesn't, you know, he can't be consistent. And there's a little bit of a read between the lines here, you guys. And of course it is, uh, I believe it's drug use. I believe it's drug use. I believe Scott is a partaker of the old drugs. I think he probably still is too. I think the guy is a very lost soul and uh, I do have empathy for that. But it is hard when you're getting then sympathy for it when Courtney's like, hey, I've asked you to do one thing and you can't potentially stay sober. But it also makes me wonder about the Amelia Bedelia relationship and if they do drugs together. Do you ever wonder about that, you guys? I do. <laughs> I do. Um, so Scott, she says, has made so many major life improvements and he's a great dad. But for Courtney, it's about consistency. So him playing the role of the victim, she goes, I can't have it go on and on. And Kim says, can't you just tell Scott that it's never going to happen? You're never going to get back together. And Courtney goes, no, I can't say it's never going to happen. I can't say that which I thought was a little weird, but I guess technically we can never say like you could, you know, you just never know. But I do think that it would help if Courtney just said that Chloe says you need to see that Scott can be like consistent for a whole year, which I'm just like, oh, we're even like a whole year. That's it. Come on. Uh, and Kim finally goes, OK, so what do you need from us? And she goes, I need you to stop agreeing with him because it's just not true, not true. And Kim is just has this weird, creepy smile on her face. She's like, OK, OK. And Courtney goes, I put it back on him. The things that I have asked him to do since we broke up. So if he comes at me, I always say, hey, have you done the things that I've asked you to do? And she goes, I ask of you guys, if he pulls this shit again with you guys and makes, uh, tries to get sympathy, say, okay, well, have you done the thing that Courtney's asked you to do? Throw it right in his face. He'll know exactly what you're saying and he'll shut the fuck up. And Chloe goes, okay, we can do that. I'm sorry, Courtney. We want you to be happy. We support you completely. And I got to say this, you know, Chloe can, you can tell Chloe has done a lot of therapy and read a lot of self-help books. And it's one of those recognition of you just say yes to your, you just say yes. I mean, it's not good. It's not fun for the viewer because I would have loved to have seen Chloe go, but what if, but Chloe just goes, no, you're right. Let's do that. And Courtney goes, yeah, of course I want him to feel supported, but he needs to be accountable. And Kim goes, okay, I get it. I get it. And Kim says in a talking head, I've had my own situations. I get it now. I get it now. And I think she's referring to Kanye. She goes, I can sympathize now with what she is expressing about how we enable Scott. I feel for her for the first time, but I feel uh, she has to have a conversation with Scott again about this. So, of course, we'll see that this episode. Uh, and then they go back to the scene and they each go, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And then they keep saying it, repeating it. So, OK, they're here for each other. That that shows us sisterhood you guys sister the sisterhood of the traveling kardashians uh we get the opening music we're at the lake tahoe uh estate once again uh chris says 
Chris is very excited. She's like shitting a, a gold brick because Kylie, her her main money maker, just pulled up. And Chris goes, I am beyond excited. I am Beyonce excited. Chris is just like, she's just wet. She's like, oh, my God. Corey's like, what's up, baby? Uh, by the way, Corey was in this very sparingly tonight, like almost sparingly to the point where I was like, it's embarrassing that he was like such in the background. And I wonder if that was a conscious choice because he's usually in it when Chris is there and you do see him there, but he just makes no impression, which to me, to me, Corey is kind of Chris Jenner's prop. Chris Jenner is rich enough to just basically buy a boyfriend, you know? And I, and I think like, it just, it's one of those situations I want to know way more about because if I don't, I'm just going to make it up. Cause in my head right now, Corey gets like a weekly allowance and like, you know, if he, he, if he does like good, like, you know, if he runs errands for Chris, he gets like a Rolex, you know, shit like that. So Kylie pulls up and remember she is the momager. Chris is the momager. She gets 10%. And remember, Kylie potentially that's a hundred million dollar payday uh, payday for Chris. You know, that's why Chris doesn't really talk to Courtney that much. Courtney's pulling in the least money. Um, and and that's why I think Kim is really, you know, fighting for Chris time. Chris uh, Kim is actually a billionaire as well now. So Chris Jenner is just uh, I cannot say enough genius things. I just wish I could really see her in action and not these kind of fake Chris scenes. But so Kylie walks in and she's like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. And Kylie goes, it's so exciting to be able to travel with my family. And I have always loved these keeping up with the Kardashian trips. It's like almost like somebody has just told her to say these things on camera. And she's and, and remember, she wasn't there for the first part of this trip, which I always crack up because then it's like you realize it's like. Kylie, Kylie, can I ask you something? It's me, Chris, your mom. Um, okay, I know you're so busy. I know, I know. Is Stormy there? No, okay, I don't need to talk to her. Anyways, um, we have that trip coming up. I'm not going. I know, baby. It's so stupid. All the I thought all the lamos are gonna be there. I was just I I personally, you're my favorite, so I just thought you would you would make us all so appreciative and it's so exciting when you show up anywhere. I'm not going, mom. Um, okay, well, I know you, you know, maybe not the first two days, but could you go the last day? No. What if I knocked off 1% of my um, my paycheck to, uh, of the money that you owe me? Fine, mom. And so Kylie shows up and she's like, yeah, and Stormy's there. And they immediately, all the, the sisters attack Stormy. Like they're all grabbing her. They're like, give me Stormy. No, give me. And they're like carrying her and whizzing around. Like, I, you know, I would also, if I was Kylie, I would be like, let's watch throwing around Stormy. Cause I imagine Stormy is insured for like up to a hundred million dollars, you know? So it's like, just be careful with the furniture. You know what I'm saying? Like, take it easy. Even Stormy's like, put me down. Stormy's like, how Stormy's like, wait, Cor- are you, Courtney, are you okay? Storm- Courtney, who's the push one? I do not want the push one talking to me. And, le- and they're like, uh, I'm your aunt Chloe. Oh, really? Cause you look different every time I see you. Why do you have a different face? I mean, I, I just, that's how I imagine Stormy is. So anyways, they're all hugging and yay, yay, yay. Um, I just got to say though, and then Kim runs in, Kim runs in and gives her this huge hug, like, yay. And Kylie's like, yay. And I got to say, Kim, it is so fun to watch Kim kiss Kylie's ass so hard. It's like, you can tell that's what a mover and shaker Kim is. Cause that's game recognizing game right there. That is going like, finally, somebody in this family I can talk to. Somebody in this family who wants to get in the game and be a success. Like Kim has to kiss the Kylie ring. And, you know, if Kylie wasn't as successful as she was, I'll I'll bet you a thousand dollars that Kim would have never done skims. 
Kim would have never tried to be as successful as she is. You know what I'm saying? I believe that sibling rivalry that Kylie has felt none of, even though I do think it's like, oh, cool. When I was younger, Kim was the most famous one, and now she wants to be friends with me. That's cool. Um, So we're in a new scene. Kris Jenner has a game because she says Kylie wasn't there for the game we played last episode. So I'm gonna, we're going to pay charades, and we're going to do show charades of scenes. And she's like, Kylie, I want you to pick a team. Who do you want to be on your team? And Kylie's like, Kendall, um, which is a bad choice. Kendall's just, that's she's no good. And Chloe. So those are the two people on uh, Kylie's team. Um, so, uh, Scott isn't feeling well, so he is not going to be a part of this, uh, this game. I also notice all these ladies have long, creepy nails on. Like, it's really weird, really weird nail work in this episode, but they're all playing along because they realize they get a paycheck out of this, but they're all happy and they're like, yay. Because, you know, with these things with games, when you're in real families, there's always that one family member that just pouts and doesn't even want, you can tell they don't want to be there. I don't feel like we get that. And I know there is one of that. That was probably Rob. Rob's just like, I'm just not going. Um, Kim says, charades aren't really my thing, but we lost at the last scavenger hunt and I can't be a, du-. she goes, I can't be a double loser, which then makes me think, but you're kind of a triple loser because you've gotten three divorces almost. That was mean. But last episode, she did say she felt like a fucking loser because she got three divorces. And we will be covering the Kanye Arena dating story on Monday with Sophie Ross. So don't worry. I have not forgot. Um, So uh, they're doing this. They're doing this little charade thing. And Kim reenacts her pussycat dolls appearance. Uh, Kendall and Kylie when they were in the prosthetics. Kendall when she fell off the bike in wine country, which I loved. Kylie getting LASIK eye surgery when the fish ate Kim's feet in the nail salon in Greece. Kendall skydiving. Um, Kim's team got six right. New scene. Kylie's up. Um, you know, Court and Chloe fighting. Kim boxing. That was a wild clip because I just got to remember. Just tell you, Kim was in a celebrity boxing match. That's how far they've come as celebrities. Kim would fucking slap you if you ever suggested her to do a celebrity boxing match at this point in her celebrityhood. You know? Like, that's how they act. Think about it. Think about who just did a celebrity boxing match this week or about to is is uh, uh, Chloe's first husband, Lamar Odom, and uh, Aaron Carter. I think that fight happened or is about to happen. Um, but that just happened. I mean, I'm saying those are the people that do celebrity boxing matches. And Kim did one back in the day. And that just cracks me ahead of just like, guys, just never give up. Never give up on yourselves. You never know. Just keep at it. Whatever you guys do in life. And I'm not even joking at this point. Like I'm, I'm using it as a joke. But for real, don't quit before the miracle happens. I'm not joking. I know it sounds silly because I'm talking about the Kardashians. But I know it. I get like I'm talking to you directly there in the car or listening at your desk or at home listening to your kids cry. Do not quit before the miracle happens. Keep working. Do not quit. If you quit, that's when everything goes away. Don't quit. I know you want to quit, but don't quit because you never know. Things will happen, but they do not happen for people who quit. Um. Anyways, I believe in you. So anyway, so they're they're doing this stupid thing. And guess what? Kim wins. The Kim's team wins. It was just it was like, whatever it was. I, I was like, this is what we're doing with the final episode. 
I would rather just see a clip package than you like, cause it wasn't there. None of them are good. It wasn't even funny to watch them try to, to, to do the charades, you know, like none of them were making me laugh. Um, the poor crew, we get a shot of the crew filming them. And I was like, the poor crew has to wear masks. Like you just see them wearing masks. And like, I was like, that's just so bizarre at that point. Like I, I'm sure the crew gets tested too. I don't know. Um, Northy and Penelope, Courtney and Scott's daughter, uh, they have a camera and they're running around filming, keeping up with the kids, which I thought was actually, I was like, please just follow them for the rest of the episode. Cause keeping up with the kids about Northern Penelope, wouldn't you love to see a day in the life of them? Like, wouldn't you love to hear the conversations they have with no adults around? Like for real, like I'm telling you that to me is fascinating. Like, wouldn't what what if like North's like, yo, I found my mom's secret cigarette stash. You want to try one, Penelope? Yo, come here. Yo, 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 come here. I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> you know. And then you have little Mowgli running around with that. What's that uh, kid's name? Courtney and Scott's kid. That's wild. We talk about him all the time. Um, he's there with his little shaved head, and he scares me. So I'm just like, I want, I want to follow that stuff around. I just picture him like just hopping on cameramen all over the place. They're like, ah, he's on me. Get him off me. Um, so Chloe is still doing the uh, film thing where she's interviewing family members. She's going to put it in this, uh, the time capsule they're going to make. They talked about it in the last episode where they're each going to put in an item. And uh, Chloe is doing a documentary with ever- interviews with all of these people all of her family members and they're going to open it up in 15 years and watch it, watch this, which is just like, God, you guys are so into yourselves. Um, she's interviewing Kylie. Kylie has these weird things on her eyelids, like bedazzled jewel on her eyelids. She's like, what do you want people to know in 15 years? And she's like, stormy. I'm here for you. I'm always here for you. I was like, if I was stormy, I would be like, mommy, just read your bank account numbers directly onto this film right here. Um, so that's fine. It's just real quick. New scene. Kylie comes to Kindle uh, in the living room, and they didn't get to exchange their secret Santa gifts from last episode. And Kindle gifts um, Kylie a camera, a VHS camera. She's like, so you can film your memories, a vintage camera. And then Kindle says something that doesn't even get talked about, but I found it the most fascinating thing of the episode. She goes, that's the same camera I film spiders with. <laughs> That I feel spiders with. Like, what? Uh, once again, can we see that? I want to see Kendall filming spiders. Come on. I mean, there's an offshoot. If the right spider bites her, she becomes a Spider-Man, you know? Um, so then Kylie gifts Kendall. And this is so funny. There was like a $20 budget. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red wine white or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. 
And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Guys, I am pleased to announce that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I take mental health very seriously. It's something I realize that I have to work at on a daily basis. Now, that might be uh, going out and exercising. Uh, it might be starting your own podcast so you can talk out loud. Or it might be seeing industry professionals. And that's what BetterHelp does. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. No, it's not a crisis line. It's not that. 
It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online. Um, Now, I have visited many therapists over the years, and I have never tried one online until BetterHelp. And I have to tell you, it's amazing. I wish I had known about this years ago. Now, there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. In fact, during uh, this past year, it has been so impossible to see somebody in person. Um, But their service, BetterHelp, is available for clients worldwide. You can log in to your account anytime. You can send a message to your counselor and you will get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you don't want somebody seeing your face. If you're a little tired of the Zoom, you can even just do phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You guys, I when I used to have a job, I would leave my job for my break, rush over to my therapist, sit in the waiting room, <laughs> wait for my turn, go there, and then have to fight LA traffic all the way back to work. I don't have to do that any longer with BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And I love this part. Uh, I love this part. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is even available. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash so bad. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Guys, I'm telling you, I do this. This means something to me. I know it could mean something to you. Please give it a shot. So, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So, that means you can get somebody at a moment's notice that is so important. Our mental health is so important. And this is just, this is a great part. Special offer for So Bad It's Good listeners. You guys can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. That's betterhelp.com forward slash S-O-B-A-D. The one last thing I'll say is just go visit the website. Just do that one small step. I'm telling you, you're going to like what you see. And I think you'll take the next step to join. Kylie didn't read, I guess, the family email because, you know, she's a billionaire. She doesn't have to do shit like that. You know, she's like, I don't read emails. Are you out of your fucking mind? But she gifts Kendall three Hermes antique like ashtrays or something. It's probably I have even no idea. It just sounds expensive. It sounds like in the 10 grand thing. And uh, she's like, I didn't read the memo, but you know what? I, I would do anything for you. And I do wonder that. That's what I wonder is, is in 15 years, how rich all of these people will be. I want to know who loses their money, who goes bankrupt, who gets richer. Will Kylie have to bail out any family members at a time? Will somebody have to bail out Kylie? What happens to all the cars? You know, like I want to know all of these questions. That's the shit I want to know in 15 years. You know, what about Mowgli, the, the Scott and Courtney's kid, you know, as he potentially... Is he an assassin or a ninja? You know, those are the things that fascinates me. But Kindle opens it and goes, oh, my God, Bible. These are my favorite Bible. And Kylie says, "Um, how do you feel about keeping up ending? And Kindle goes, it's weird. It's all we've known. And she goes, even if we haven't been the biggest parts of the show, it has been the most consistent part of our lives. Uh, You know, of course, for Kindle, it's that and, you know, dating 
basketball players or uh, uh, making horrible choices on uh, products to launch and Pepsi commercials, you know. Uh, Kylie is thankful for all the memories that she has on camera to look at. We are 9 or 10 when it started, and Kylie goes, it's been a good run. It's been a good run. And Kendall says, I don't know how you don't poke your eyes out with your nails. Because I'm telling you, like, I saw those na- The nails are freakishly huge. And Kylie goes, there's nothing I can't do. And I kind of dug that. It kind of gave me the chills, like, wow, Kylie really believes in herself. Like, way more than she should, <laughs> way more than she should you know. But what am I saying? You know, what am I? I don't know. So Kim in a new scene talks to Chloe uh, in the interview thing and is like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do in the next 15 years? Uh, Kim asks Chloe and she goes, well, a sibling for true. And you know what? I think I want to be married again. Or you know what? I don't even think I need to be married, but I just want to feel, you know, I think I'm ready to feel a union again. And I'm like, oh, God. Take her away, folks. Uh, new scene. Chloe calls Tristan on FaceTime. He's uh, getting ready. He's out of the shower. So he's kind of naked. And she's like, how's Boston? He goes, the team welcomed me. It's, you know, I'm really good. They're making me happy. And uh, she goes, well, I know the holidays are coming up. And he's like, yeah, I got the game. I got the NBA game on Christmas in Boston. So it makes sense to do Christmas in Boston. So just be out here next Friday and live with me for the season with True. And Chloe goes, I have to think about it. And she goes, I'm still trying to navigate my way through my feelings. I don't know what moving would mean for our relationship. She says that in her talking head. Um, We're in a new scene after commercial, actually the same scene after commercial. And he goes, yeah, life's in Boston. It makes the most sense for you to spend the season in Boston. Your house that you're building probably won't be ready until 2025. And we can cross that bridge after the season. And we can spend, you know, time in L.A. after that. And she's like, you want me and True to spend spend time there? And he goes, yeah, we'll spend time in California when it gets better, Um, you know, but come on out. I I know you want to scope out the scene. She says, well, I want to wait until you get your condo. And he's like, I'm getting the condo in two days. And, you know, she's always like, come and set it up. And Chloe says, we're going to Boston. And I'm like, you fucking clown. I wish the clown music. I wish she said, we're going to Boston. And then it was like, womp, womp. And then Tristan goes, holla at me. And go, and Tristan's all very happy. And I got to tell you, that is a very important thing. I think that's how Tristan, um, he's another charming dude. Where he's like, I think Chloe's like, he could never hurt me. Look how happy he is. He looks very happy to be talking to me. And I think that's how Tristan presents himself of like, hey, everybody, holla at your boy. And he's just a cheating douchebag, you know? So a new scene, Scott comes in to Courtney and he's like, what's shaking, mama? What's shaking? It's me, Scott. Hey, what's going on? I heard you want to talk to me. And he goes, what were you guys talking about? I could hear it through the walls. Oh, my Scott. I did so good with the Scott imitation two weeks ago. Now I feel like it's falling off a little bit. He goes, I couldn't hear everything. What were you guys saying? And Court says, we were talking about how, uh, well, we were talking about how my sisters will sometimes. And then Scott goes, side with me? And uh, she's just like, you know, it's just not accurate. He goes, I think they see how I'm feeling, so they feel bad. And Court says... Well, you know, I, I have feelings too. Like I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's not the truth. And she goes, I'm not going to be made to feel guilty when the things I've asked of you haven't been done. Like, damn, when a woman nails a point, it's, 
it's breathtaking. But if you're on the other end of that, it's scary as fuck. Um, Scott says, hey, I get the same pressure from your family as well. They're always like, Scott, you belong with Courtney. And I'm like, come on, Scott. I mean, maybe a little, but don't blame it on them. You're the one pushing that narrative as well. She says, well, you can tell them it's not happening then. And Scott says, and I'm talking to Ed, and he looks totally nonplussed and like just kind of zoned out. He goes, maybe we both need to realize we won't be together and we need to know that completely. And uh, he says this, and I actually had a lot of empathy for this. And I, I, he goes, deep down, I like to hear them say that we will be together one day. And that I understand. That I can relate to. I love in these shows, no matter how rich or powerful they are, they say something and you're like, I, I connect with that. Like, I get that. I, I've been in that spot of wanting so badly. You know how, like, and this was a lot of, like, high school bullshit, too. But when you like somebody... And you so badly wanted their friends to say you guys would be cool together. Like, you guys would be cute together. You want them to say that because it gives that little spark of a dream life. You know, it keeps that delusion going in your head of like, yeah. And if one day they'll wake up and see it, then it'll be perfect, you know. Um, so the fact he goes, the fact that we had what we had. You know, I guess I should be thankful for that. And, you know, not always wanting more. And our kids are happy, I guess. And things are going to be okay. And for right now, this is where our lives are. And it's very, very good, he says. And uh, that was in a talking head. And then Scott in the scene to Courtney says, hey, I just want you to be happy and feel good. And then I was like, she's about to feel real good with Travis Barker smacking that ass to a beat. Dung, da, dung, dung, da, dung, 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 ding, 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 ding. Oh my God. I bet Scott can never look at a drummer again without being triggered. Oh man, I love Blink 182. Damn, man. And Courtney goes, I'm here to support you in any way, but life moves on. <laughs> um, new scene. All of the uh, Kardashians are getting in this jacuzzi. And I got to say, they all have sick bodies. Courtney looks like a sick body. Kim takes out. Kim looks insanely good. She's wearing a swimsuit with kimojis on the nipples. Um, Chloe's the only one like in a full hooded sweatshirt. But even she, I'm sure, would look amazing. Kendall is saying, okay, so we have a place in Aspen and we have a compound. Uh, we have a ranch. Uh, we don't have a ski house, though. We need a ski house. So what about Aspen? Yeah, she goes, we have a desert house. We have a ranch house. We don't have uh, an Aspen ski house. And then Kim goes, where do we have a ranch house? And Kendall goes, Wyoming, which is where Kanye's uh, facilities are. And Chloe goes, well, what if that ship sails? And Court says, we'll always have that ranch. That will always be ours. And there's a flashback of Kim crying about the uh, dissolution of their marriage in last week's episode. And Chloe says in a talking head, I want them to figure out what's going to make them happy as a couple. You don't know until emotions get involved and whatever their decision will be, we are here to support them. And once again, Courtney is talking like a therapist, like she's like dead on right. She's saying the right things. But part of me is like, God damn it, Chloe, get angry. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you see. Like, who is at fault here? Who? What is going on? Is there nobody at fault? Who is at fault? Like, even if you make up somebody to be at fault, just say it's Kanye's fault. You know, just I want I want that kind of immaturity here. 
you can really tell that they have grown up because they're being very mature about some of the things that they've been trained to say through years of therapy. Um, So a new scene, Kim uh, says, you know, we're going to be watching this when we're, we'll be, I'll be 55. When I watch this, I'll probably have a facelift by then. Um, She asks what she hopes in the next 15 years. She's like, I hope to make a difference in people's lives and I hope to have a law firm. Um, those are good things. Uh, new scene. They are doing s'mores. Chris is burning the shit out of her marshmallow. The kids are out there and Chris says to a toast to our final episode, our final trip, our final night here is to an amazing chapter in our lives. And Chris Kim says, it's been an amazing decade and a half in our lives. Do you ever notice how Chris speaks? And then Kim always speaks after that. Like, it's almost like this hierarchy. Like Kim's like, well, now it's my turn. Um, Chloe says, so thankful that I got to spend the time with our family. These are memories. These are who I am. I'll never take... Oh, no. Kim says, I'll never take that for granted. And uh, we'll always respect that. And I'll always be grateful for that. And they all cheers. And Chloe says, this Tahoe trip was really special and beautiful. They have so many trips that are special and beautiful. By the way, they, they have this huge fireworks display go off. And when it does, you can hear Corey in the background go, congratulations, baby. <laughs> I'm going to tap that booty later. Chris, I want to lick that booty later. <laughs> Corey's like, you did good, Chris. I'm going to keep you all night long doing things to your body and your butthole. <laughs> uh, Corey's like, when you go to bed, that's when my shift starts. I'm going to do things to your toes tonight, baby. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't feel well. Um, and then Chloe goes, she says, all of us being together besides Rob is very special for us. And we forget that Rob is the only one not there. Rob was like, sorry, no, nah, I'm good. Even Kylie's there. Rob's like a thousand air. He's not there. They're all hugging. All of the production are hugging too. Remember that they have filmed with the same people for 15 years for a lot of this, you know? So all the production are crying. By the way, all the production people are dressed like poor, you know, like they're just like me. They're wrestling like khaki shorts and, you know, that's like crew looks. But I just thought they're filming the cleanest people on the planet, you know, like they're just not a hair out of place. And then you turn the camera around, they're all getting hugs from the crew and they just look like compared to the Kardashians, they look like homeless, you know, it's just crazy. Um, Chloe goes to know how much I have gone through with production, this crew by my side. It's been crazy. Um they all take a group season. Uh, they all take a group photo and shout season 20 fireworks still going off. Uh, Penelope is holding her younger brother and she really does. She does look like she's like 60 years old. She looks like an old soul little girl. I mean, she just looks like she looks like she has the shining. She looks like she can tell the future. That's what I'm saying. Like if I ever meet Penelope and she like touches my uh, arm, I bet she'd be like, you're only going to live till you're 67. Like, I bet she's like one of those girls that like sees things, you know? You're like, damn, I do not want to be alone in a room with Penelope. Please don't make me be alone in a room with Penelope. Please, please don't. So Scott says, uh, end of an era, end of an era. Everybody's emotional. And uh, that and I was like, wouldn't it be just very Kardashians if they just set Tahoe ablaze with all the fireworks? They're just like Tahoe no longer exists. The card that's how the Kardashians lose all their money. They genuinely burn down a whole state. Um, new scene. They're getting ready to go, and Penelope says, "Don't worry, production is not over. I have a camera now." Then she's pointing the camera in Courtney's face. 
They go to a private airplane. Uh, Penelope and Mowgli says, thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. So we're in a new scene. Chloe is getting on a private jet without True. She's going to Boston uh, to make sure everything is set up before True gets out there. Uh, she says the pandemic forced us to have so many uncomfortable conversations in our relationship and that benefited us. Tristan is there to pick her up and, you know, is like, yeah, hey, how are you? And she's like, you're so tall. And and Chloe's like, we're best friends, you know. And I'm like, okay. Um, she says, I'm now more open to the idea of a future between me and Tristan. Oh, really, Chloe? No shit. You're in Boston. Are you <laughs> You're. Not we knew this two seasons ago. You, ah. Uh... You know what? And we'll, you know, we'll be here to pick up the pieces, I guess. But it's just frustrating, Chloe. It's just frustrating for us to watch you do this to yourself. Because you're doing it to us as well. You're treating us like a bunch of idiots. And we just, we worry about you and you're changing faces and all of that stuff. And we just want you to be happy. That's all. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of like Rob in a way, you know. But I would probably be in more scenes than Rob. Anyways, I do. I genuinely want Chloe to be happy. And that's what's so frustrating is that. You know, women talk all the time about men treating them bad and stuff, but I think there is a little, little piece to be said for women that put up with that repeatedly. And it feels like Chloe has not learned her lesson over the years. And I don't think that Tristan is innately evil. I mean, I kind of do, but, you know, I, I don't. But at the same time, I don't think he can help himself from the behavior that he exhibits. You know, I think that's kind of inbred in him. And like, what happens, you know? That's an itch he's going to need to scratch at some point, you know? I don't know. Anyways, um, she's, she screams, we're in Boston. And he goes, yeah, new chapter, new beginnings. So we're in a new scene. Kim is on the phone with uh, her lawyer friends that have been training her, Jess and uh, Aaron Haney. And she's like, I'm so excited. I get the results of my baby bar. Remember, she took it again during COVID. And she failed the first time. And she's anxious to get the results. Uh, she gets the results and she failed. She failed again. And she says, this is really annoying. She says, I feel bummed, totally bummed. She said, I pretty much got the same score, a little bit worse. But she says, I can't stress about that right now. There are so many other things to stress about in my life. And she calls Chloe. Chloe's wearing the Kim is my lawyer sweatshirt. Chloe says, Kim's like, oh, thank you for being supportive. And Chloe says, I don't think this time counted because of COVID. You had the show ending, your 40th birthday, your relationship with Kanye. And Kim says, you know, yeah, but I just believe in miracles. And I wanted that miracle. I love that line. I thought that was a great line. Um, I was like, you know, like sometimes you just want the miracle. Sometimes you don't want it to be hard. Sometimes you want God to just be like, phew, okay, I got away with that one, you know? So she says, I'm going to take it again in June, um, you know, six weeks off and then I'll start studying. But then she's like, you know what? I'll start studying now. So Kim potentially has already taken the bar again because we're in June. Um, she's like, who has the time for this? We have to move on to other subjects. I got to say, I respect Kim a lot. I really have no jokes to be made. I hope she passes. I, and I know she will. She's very determined. I know she will. And I think that is so cool. I think I really do. I think it is so, so cool. Uh, so we're at this restaurant, Zuma, with Tristan and Chloe in Boston. He says they eat there three times a day. I think it's the restaurant attached to the place they're putting him up in to live. And talking about playing basketball with no fans in the arena and, uh, you know, getting everything back to normal. And, and Tristan goes, when True's, when True is comfortable, I'm comfortable. I'm like, shut up. You don't even take care of your other kid, dude. 
Um, Chloe says she feels really good about her decision to move to Boston for the season. They FaceTime True and they call her Chunky Butt, which is cute. Um, we find out that Chloe, uh, Chris got Chloe, uh, you know, the contractor with their houses. She got the contractor fired, Chris did, and they're moving forward with building their houses. Then they FaceTime Chris and they act like they're having sex or something. Like they put Tristan's elbow up and it looks like a butt. I couldn't understand, but I think it was like something, it was supposed to be look like a penis and like they're going like, ah, oh, baby. Yeah. And Chris's face, Chris looked pissed. Like, what am I seeing? I think she thought Tristan was cheating again or something and hangs up. They call her back and they're laughing. And Chris was like, I am traumatized. But I kind of love that Chris face. I was the Chris face scared me. I was like, I've seen like, I'm trying to it reminded me of somebody that's been angry with me in the past. But that face and I was like, damn, like I, I just would never mess with. In fact, like I hope Chris Jenner never knows my name. I hope she's never aware of me. I hope nobody ever tells her about, like, I've ever talked about her family. Like, genuinely, very scared of Kris Jenner. Very scared of Kris Jenner. Like, I do picture sometimes if I ever walk, I will never walk alone late at night anymore because of this podcast. I will always have a Kris Jenner whistle with me if she comes at me, you know? So, new scene, Kim's house. Chris is there. And Chris goes, I was worried about you and I was wondering how you're doing. And Kim goes, I'm good. And Chris goes, how are you really? And she goes, I'm really fine. And Chris goes, would you tell me? And she goes, yeah. And Chris goes, because I live across the street from you and I keep waiting for you to talk to me or reach out to me and you don't. And Kim goes, I'm doing that with my therapist. She goes, I used to go to everyone when I had issues, but now I have a therapist. Let me work on myself and see where I'm at. And that's what I'm so excited for. You know, she said, I woke up and I'm 40. And I realize I want to be completely happy. And I know that I can't be completely blissful. That probably doesn't exist. But I want happiness. And I'm going to figure out how to get there. And she says, I worked so hard in my life. And I have achieved 10 times more than I ever, ever thought was possible. And I also realize I don't have to, you know, but then she says, I don't have a... A life to share that with. And she says, of course, I have my kids. But she's referring to she doesn't have that love in her life. She says, I never thought I was lonely because I thought I could have my kids. And my husband moves around from state to state. And I was okay with that. But then she says, I turned 40 and I wasn't. She says, I don't want a husband who lives in another state. I thought that's crazy because that's when we get along best is when he's living elsewhere. I want someone where we watch the same shows together. I want someone to work out with me. She says, Chloe and Tristan, I would work out with them every day for eight months, and I was third-wheeling it the whole time. But I want somebody to work out with. She says, the little things I don't have, the big things I have, I have huge things. I have, uh, you know, things that you couldn't possibly dream of. And she says, and no one will ever do it like that. I know that. And she's referring to how, like, the, the grandiosity of Kanye of the huge romantic gestures. But what a powerful moment to say, but I don't have the small things. And those small things are sometimes what makes a life. When you look back, you know, sometimes it's just nice to like, you know, sit in front of the TV with somebody or, you know, those small moments. People think it all has to be big. And, and it's so funny because that's what this show is based on is aspirational. 
We want these big lives like the Kardashians. We want these big experiences. But remember, these small things, that's what they want. Like, really remember that. I think that's such an important... I thought this scene was so good. And Chris says, well, I'm ready for you to be happy and joyful. And Kim says, I'm ready for that too. But don't worry, I'm not making any decisions yet. And Chris says, I want her to have the best relationship she can possibly have. And Chris starts crying and Kim goes, don't cry. There's so much to be happy about. And Kim says, you know what? I'm numb. I can't cry. I'm, I've done that. I'm numb. I've, I've, you know. But she goes, I will be happy. I didn't come this far just to come this far and not be happy. And then she goes, I saw that on the internet. And Chris says, you're a very strong girl and you seem to handle things very calmly. And she says, I'm very good at being calm. It's my superpower. And guys, even telling you this, I get chills. This is the scene I'm talking about. This is the scene that they should have ended the whole show with. Because to me, this show started with two people. Chris Jenner and Kim Kardashian. And that's how I felt like it should have ended as well. Because remember, the, the family is on the map because of a sex tape supposedly leaked by Chris Jenner, the momager. You know, looking back, this is what they wanted and they got it. And now they have to deal with the repercussions of that. But you have this really well-adjusted person in front of you that has no business being well-adjusted, but is saying, I, I, I'm going to be happy. And I fucking believe her. You know, I thought it was a really, really another thing that I was like, Kim is like, look at you, Kim. Look at you. And I love even that, like, I just go to therapist now. I work that out like an adult, you know, and I thought that was another thing about, uh, you know, which, by the way, BetterHelp sponsors this podcast. That that was really, I just thought that was so neat, you know, for Kim to say that. So um, uh, to me, that is where the scene could have ended because it was like Chris saying, you're a very strong girl and you seem, you know, and, and Kim saying like that phrase of I didn't come this far just to come this far and not be happy and to say I saw it on the internet. I thought that really sums up the show so nicely. So that's that scene, but it wasn't the final scene of the show. You know, we have a new scene, Courtney, Scott, Kim, they're loading up the time capsule. Everybody's there. Kylie, Kendall, Chris. Uh, I think Corey's there, but we don't really hear from... I don't know. So keeping up with the Kardashians 2020 time capsule, um, and they're burying it on Chris on Kim's lawn. And Chris makes a point saying, Kim, you can never sell your house. We're burying this. But I kind of think, like, if I get a bunch of you guys together, why don't we fucking go... Why don't we go get that time capsule, you guys? Like, why don't we get that? Or, like, we just get it and we put other things in it. So when they open it, there's like, what? Why is there a cheeseburger in here? This is weird. You know, like, it. I I thought it was really, really... Uh, so they're all putting their stuff in there in this time capsule that they're going to bury on Kim's lawn, like some kind of pet cemetery. Um, so they're going to put all the videos in there that Courtney took. Cor- uh, I sorry, Chloe took. Courtney puts in a smooch T-shirt because that's where it all started for Courtney at the the store, and she uh, she says, "Thankful we've had such an amazing job in life. Oh, we've uh, grown to learn and experience without the show." Uh, Courtney actually folds the shirt, and she knows how to fold. I was very proud of her. She's really good. That's her real talent, I believe. Scott puts in a stay home sweatshirt from his company and she's like well you know it's like this year we all had stayed home and this you know it felt like kind of scott just 
just grabs somebody on the way. He's like, fuck, that's today? Uh, I guess I'll grab this. Uh, Kim puts in her first ever fragrance because it was inside of this, the, the uh, Chloe and Courtney, and she fell in love with the creative process. Kendall puts in a pin of the old house where this all started. Kylie puts in her first three lip kits. Um, uh, okay, Kylie puts in her lips. No, Kylie puts in her first three lip kits. There's a clip of Chris saying, I think we just launched an empire. Chris put in her momager license. Uh, they trademarked that uh, name and said, "You let me thank you for letting me part of your business lives to her daughters. Chloe puts in one of her old faces. No, no, she puts in the keys to Dash. And she uh, put in the hard drive with all the interviews. Uh, and then Scott puts in another thing. He puts in the Lord uh, Disick cape. And uh, Chloe says, this is a beautiful tribute to say goodbye to the show. Uh, we are hearing voiceovers and Billie Eilish, the Billie Eilish song uh, plays underneath with, I had a dream. I got everything I wanted. I, I'm not singing it good at all, but it's like slow and it's it's really a nice, uh, they paid big money for it, but it's a nice, you know, it fits because really this did start with a dream for these ladies and they did get everything they wanted. And these last 15 years have gone by so fast, they say. And Scott in a voiceover says, a lot of ups and downs. And Kylie says, I don't know what life would have been like without the show. And Kendall says, I just want to stop time. And Chloe says, so crazy how much we've gone through with you guys by our sides. I've grown so much. Uh, Chloe also says, if you hold true to who you are, things will always get better. They're showing all the kids. They're showing these cookies with all of their faces. And Chris says, when I think from season one to season 20, those are my most magical memories. We are a ride or die family. Family is everything, and we will always be okay because we have each other. And then Chris thanks all of the fans. And then there's a preview of the reunion, which I will play the full clip on Monday. But uh, good ending. I think I explained it better than I actually visually, than it visually was. But it was a good... Uh, I'm glad I got to talk with you guys about this. I, I I do. I'm very passionate about talking about this family. So I hope you guys dig this. I'm going to go. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed and I will talk to you bright and bushy tailed Monday morning. Be there. Remember, tell your friends, leave me a five-star review. Let's keep this going. This is my life. Thank you for allowing me to be in yours. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. Betches.